Red evening, life after the red bill. Remember to smash that like button, subscribe if you haven't, and share this with anyone who you think needs to hear this message. If you want to support the channel, you can now become a member or go to one of the various links down in the description in the comments below. Now that we've got that out of the way, Rob, how have you been? Oh, well, let's see. Monday was Labor Day here in the United States, so I got actually paid for my normal day off. And then Tuesday, we had a massive windstorm in Utah. Uh, we get them about, I don't know, it seems like we get them about every 10 years or so. Because we the last one we had was back in 2011. Mm -hmm. And it was so bad, it was tearing out huge trees. I mean, we had 100-mile-an-hour gusts. So we had, mm -hmm. like, hurricane, tornado velocity winds kicking around. And it just, it fucked up parts of town. What's up, Bit Bacon? Anyway, uh, so I know Tuesday where I was downtown where the brunt of this wind was, I ended up calling it quits like a couple hours in because of the power being out in the whole city blocks. Uh, uh, like I said, the wind was just jacking up everything. It was, it was not safe to work. So I called it and went home, dicked around. And then the rest of the week was not bad, but it kind of went to shit because we had to make up for Tuesday because a lot of guys were calling it. Mm -hmm. And and I was feeling it today, you know, being that it's Friday. It's like came home from work and took like a three-hour nap since we were talking briefly about naps before uh, we started up the show here. The Fountain so of Youth. That's what I did. Yep, the Fountain of Youth. So that's that's my shit in a nutshell. Other than I'm learning a lot about the uh, the software called Reaper, kind of like in Grim Reaper. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a digital audio workstation, and because uh, I want to start making my own intros and background music for my channel and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So I've been learning a lot about that lately, and it's like, wow, this is pretty powerful software. And the license was like sixty bucks. And and that's pretty much forever. And oh. Like, oh wow, this is cheap compared to some of the other audio type of uh, software. So mm -hmm. with Adobe, you have to pay yearly, I think. Right. They theirs is a subscription model where uh, Reaper. I think when I said that it's for lifetime, I think what it is is they they do different versions. And so like this version, I think is version, I don't know, six or nine or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, and it's good for the entirety of that, that full from like six, zero to six, whatever, till they hit seven. And that usually takes them like a year to two years. Hmm. And so it's like, okay. And even then, I think you could probably get a discount if I recall seeing something somewhere. But it's not like a, a monthly subscription or anything. You buy the license, and you can do just some amazing stuff with this software. So, oh, like that. Yeah, that's, well, that's pretty neat. I mean, some of them are even monthly. Like Watson uses Apple, and he has to use a certain version of Photoshop for his job. It's like monthly 60 bucks sometimes even 100 it's insane yeah. yeah and seeing that's that that's that's the the grift since we like to talk about grift on twitter get your uh, lambo that's right you know we talk about grifting on twitter with you know drop shitting and a bunch of other shit 
And it's like, wow, we're, we're in the, we're in the bush leagues, you know, and even a lot of the grifters are in the bush to amateur leagues compared to like Adobe and, and Apple and some of these other outfits. It's like now, now we're getting into professional grifting eras. So we, we need to learn from those guys, you know? <laughs> yeah, we probably should. We probably should. Nick, how have you been? I've been well, Jack. Thanks. <laughs> Not drinking your bourbon tonight, huh? Man, it's it's too. Uh, yesterday was my bourbon day. Today is uh, tonight is coffee. This is. <laughs> but is it black coffee, Nick? I'm doing the old man doing the old man thing. Uh, no, this has a uh, splash of cream in it. Oh damn! You, you know who's going to be pissed off in the in the, in the spurgosphere? It's going to be the black coffee guys. They're going to be pissed at you. <laughs> I have. I have. I am. Cold shower free. I have not drank black coffee. I have not retained my semen, and I'm not a stoic. So, <laughs> why did they have to ruin stoicism? I've been reading Letters of a Stoic by Seneca, and I really enjoy it. But of course, somebody somewhere has got to ruin the Stoics. Yeah. By God. Well, I, I think what it all comes down to, if you really watch some of the dipshittery that goes on, it's it's literally they take something that is actually a pretty good thing, like you say, like stoicism. Uh, inherently, there is nothing wrong with stoicism. I've read a little bit of stuff here and there. I don't dwell on it because I, I have a life. And and it's like, oh, okay. It, it To me, it all kind of sums up to shit happens. You know, and, and you kind of, you just, you suck it up and you get through it. That's kind of how it goes. Life sucks sometimes and, and then it doesn't suck for a while and then it sucks a while for a more and then sometimes it really sucks and, and either way you get through it and you, you kind of maintain yourself, but it's, I think you're it's still guys, right. I think it's guys that just decide to say, hold my beer and they got to one up you, you know, we're going to one up Marcus Aurelius, you know, even though the guy was writing from a lifetime of experience, I'm 24, have no experience, but well, I'll tell you what, I am better than, I am better than Marcus Aurelius because not only does shit happen, but you shouldn't blow your load either. And oh, so man. I really think that's all this is, is like, it's hold my beer to, to whatever the topic may be. You're not getting laid. Well, I'll hold my beer. I'm not getting laid. And I, I didn't want to fuck her. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid shit like that. Well, I mean, okay. I'm going to say something that is going to get me either banned or labeled as the most horrible piece of shit ever. Nice. But there's a certain community where I see this a lot about the semen retention and a majority of that community is being raised by single mothers. Oh. Now I'm raising eyebrows because of that. So it has been a well-known fact that ejaculating is well, not necessarily a cure, but it is preventive medicine for prostate cancer. So yeah. every one of these soyics doing semen retention is increasing their risk of prostate cancer. So right. either this is some weird operation evil for men or they really are just retarded. And yes, uh, I'm we gonna can go say with that number word. Two. I'm going to go with number two. We can even say that word. There's a couple of red evenings that use that word and are monetized. So. Nice. 
It's a safe word. There you go. I'm going to go with number two. I I don't think that the guys that are promoting this particular type of lifestyle, I don't think, I think they're more naive and ignorant than, than it's operation evil. I mean, if this is an operation evil type of thing, it's, it runs way deeper than Illuminati lizard people type of QAnon shit. You know, we're, we're getting into deep psyops here and I just, I don't see it. I think this is just, it's, it's, yeah, it's not that it's, it's, it's naivety and ignorance. It's, it's guys that don't have enough experience in life trying to hand out life advice. It's, it's, it's the, it's like, what it reminds me of is a a chick I met on one of the dating apps here about a little over about six, eight weeks ago, this gal, she's like, yeah, I'm a writer. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. What do you write? She's like, well, I'm writing my memoirs. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, how old are you? And she's like, I'm 35. <laughs> what, and I'm sitting there. Dicks than your age? Well, yeah, you know, that, that's kind of what I'm thinking is, is I'm thinking uh, the only thing that you might have, you know, something to write about might be number of cocks taken. Because otherwise, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, you're 35 fucking years old and you're writing your memoirs. Really? Uh, I'm 48 and and I've I'm not even close to doing anything even remotely like that. It's like I got too much life to live. Still, I, I maybe when I'm my dad's age, I'm like 70 if I live to be that old. Maybe then I might sit down one day and go, you know, maybe I ought to start writing about my memoirs. But that's that's after a full life. I mean, that's Marcus Aurelius type of stuff. You know, the guy yeah. didn't start writing shit till he was older. It's like 35. You're Jack. That's that's someone that's like five years older than you. Yeah, it's I like know. this is the problem with the internet. It gives everybody a voice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm not kidding. I mean, this is seriously a problem, and. I've been paying attention to Dutch politics as well because there's a lot of shit going on. Like the minister of, uh, it wasn't healthcare. I can't remember who it was, but he was the one who enforced the COVID rules. He gave out the tickets and he got people, um, he got some people even arrested for not abiding by the rules. Yet they found out he in secret had his wedding and didn't hold on to his own rules. So yeah, he didn't live for by me, his own not rules. for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, everybody got up his shit. Like, hey, you're giving out tickets, yet you don't even abide to your own rules. So, they had a parliamentary debate about that. He apologized, teary eyed, mm-hmm. gave to some non profit, and everybody was like, oh, well, sure, he's forgiven. Or at least the ruling parties were. The opposition is pissed as hell. And I'm actually quite pissed as hell because he gave people tickets. They now have a criminal record even because they didn't abide by the rules. Yet he goes scot-free. And I'm like, seriously? Is this our politics right now? Dude, another- that's, that's politics in the United States. Yeah, welcome yeah, welcome another, how we do shit. Another thing is our ruling party decided it would be okay to give over $2 billion, almost $2 billion, a year to the U- EU for the whole COVID plan after 2021, I believe, for 10 years. So that's $2 billion for a decade. So that's $2 billion times 10. Yet they refuse to increase minimum wage. Okay, economically, I'm against that. But 
for the sake of the argument, they don't want to invest in healthcare, and they don't want to. Uh, they don't want to invest in the pensions that they have. No, we're going to send ten years. We're going to send two billion euros for ten years to the EU. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? What the hell is wrong with my country? I haven't been paying attention for a year, and this shit happens. But. <laughs> The biggest crux of all, and I don't know if any of you are big into international politics, but we have this Geert Wilders guy who has been bashing the Quran for years now, and he's totally anti-immigration and things like that, and he's been he's been kicking shins for years in Parliament. He is now the second biggest party in our government, but nobody wants to work with him. Yet the ruling parties keep thinking to themselves, oh, he'll never be the biggest. Yet when you look at the polls, people are getting pissed off by the day and just wanting to vote for him because they're so pissed off. Like they don't believe in anything he says, but it's more like, yeah, we don't like the establishment, so fuck you. I'm like, don't you people realize this? You're throwing away your own votes with this stupidity. I mean... So, yeah, that's what's going on in Dutch politics. It's got absolutely atrocious. <laughs> and it's just, oh, yeah, the point I was trying to make. There's another party called Forum for, Demo uh, for Democracy. It means Forum for Democracy. But they are so up everybody's ass for referendums. And I'm like, I don't trust referendums because those are based on majority vote. I don't even believe in democracy because of majority vote. Like, yeah, yeah, they are. Well, we want everything decided by referenda. Like, have you been paying attention to the average human being? You think <laughs> they know about politics? They have been brainwashed with Marxist leftist ideology for years. Yet you want to make decisions on a nationwide level be dependent on mob rule. And what the hell is going on, people? They're just setting everything up for an emperor. That's all. I hope it's me. That will be cool. Well, I, you know, I, I remember TJ talked about this, about, you know, that he's kind of predicting the rise of, of a an authoritarian type. You know, he didn't specify which direction, whether we're talking communism, fascism, whatever, because they're really kind of the same thing anyway. Mm -hmm. But it's it, it totally kind of reminds me of Star Wars a little bit with all the squabbling, the cronyism, the bickering inside the, the Senate and things getting bogged down by rules and procedures. And next thing you know, you know, you get a guy that rises up, the, the chancellor, who then moves forward to become emperor. And it's like, yeah, I, I could see something like that shaping up here, you know, both in your politics, but in ours as well. That's and it's like, ah, we're, we're ripe to have someone step up and go, okay, you know, you guys put me into office and, and I'm going to get rid of your joggers and, and your protesters and your rioting. And we're going to streamline a lot of shit. They might even introduce like tj was thinking that they'll introduce debt forgiveness or something for the college kids and you know and free health care for all type of thing and that way but they're not going to be 
loyal to any political party. It's not like they would be either Democrat or Republican here in the United States. It would be the guy would be loyal to himself. You know, whatever his agenda, that's what he's going to follow. He has his own mental point of origin. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, my God. Did you see that Could a while back? Which one, which one was that? Was that Eric Trump, whose wife made him pass up the makeup during the, uh, the RNC, I believe it's called? That video on Twitter where, um, yeah, I think it's Eric. Like, not Donald Trump Jr., the other one. Like his wife was standing in front of a mirror and she was like, brush, lipstick, mascara. And he just stands there like a little boy he is. Like, here you go, honey. Like, seriously, Beta knows no political favor, you know? Even the Republican right side has simping a lot knows, of it. Simping knows no political favor. <laughs> simping you know, knows no boundaries. That's right. Well, it really doesn't. Uh, you know, it's funny. We can kind of tie that in a little bit because I did a a video a little while back called comeuppance and and it was kind of loosely based off of something ryan stone had talked about where he's been doing the whole uh red pill sidebar type of thing off of uh the the subreddit and and it's pretty interesting stuff if you guys haven't checked it out you should pop over to ryan's channel and watch some of this stuff but I remember it was uh, he was talking about there was a guy that was like a, a former incel or something or other. And the original article stuff goes back like a decade, if not more. So what Ryan was talking about was not anything new. It, it's it's old news as far as, you know, if you've been around here for a minute. And the thing I, I remember about it, which was the part that I was kind of focusing in on and it kind of ties into the whole simping knows no bounds is this guy was pretty bitter pretty angry pretty you know you know uh, the the women you know they're they're all just a bunch of sluts basically you know a bunch wow. of boys. yeah yeah he was doing the whamming thing but he was pissed because he was like you know these these girls i asked them you know when when i was talking to some of them and, and I was like, you know, you guys think you're just going to be able to more or less have your cake and eat it too? And they all were like, well, yeah, that, that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what we're going to do. These were, you know, young gals in their like early 20s. And this guy at the time was probably in his early to mid 20s as well. But it got me thinking, and it's true. And that's what I wanted to talk about as far as when I did comeuppance is you see a lot of the the red pill red meat stuff the outrage the the guys get their their warm fuzzies their jollies off of stories where once in a while a woman gets her come up and you know she's the one that's paying alimony or she's the one that gets screwed in divorce because the guy had a better attorney or something or he initiated divorce on her and came out smelling like a rose and so it's these guys you know ah you know, these sluts, these hoes, these wham, and they're getting theirs. And it's like, yeah, but that's not the majority of the case. The majority of the case, the people who live the good life, quote unquote, go on living the good life. And that includes your thousand cock stare girls. It's like they're not going to necessarily go off and become, you know, miserable old cat ladies because some simp somewhere will wife that up. And so there's no point in being 
you know, instead of worrying about it or, or getting your jollies off of it and ha, ah, she got hers. Yeah. Like one in a million get theirs. The rest of them don't. They go right on living their merry life. They, they do their party years and then they get their beta and waiting because simping knows no bounds. I don't it's know okay. if I agree with you on this one. No, but, no. Okay. That's just I been agree. my life experience, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're way older than me. So you're probably right, but you're missing one key factor. And what am I missing? The comeuppance part doesn't always have to be in ending up alone and being a cat lady. How many marriages do you see out there that are miserable? So oh, that's even a lot. If, that's even a lot. If that's both been... parties. Okay. Yeah. But so, the thing is, she still gets what she wants because I, I know where you're going. So I'm going to, I guess I'm going to head you off at the pass. Okay. <laughs> so here it is. Okay, yeah, so she's quote-unquote miserable in her marriage. Her her fat, dumb, happy husband's miserable, or he is going to be because she's fucking the pool boy. Mm -hmm. Okay, she's, she's fucking some other dude on the side, or she even, especially with a lot of things, let's have an open marriage. And he's thinking, sure, all the pussy I'm going to get, which he's not going to get much, if any, and yet she's going to get all the cocks she wants. And so is she really in a miserable marriage considering she's got the lifestyle that she's become accustomed to? He's paying for everything. She's got the house. She's got the vehicle. She's got the stuff, the mm -hmm. nesting stuff. He's taking care of that. He's still doing the chores around the house, mowing the lawn, painting the fence, shingling the roof. Meanwhile, she's also got some guy on the side. rather, And a lot of times it's a guy he knows. You know, it's one of his good friends that she's meeting up with wherever and having her little affair. And those affairs can go on for years. Mm -hmm. And maybe he knows about it. Like I said, they're open about it to one degree or another. Or he has no idea it's going on. She just travels a lot for business. Okay. <laughs> I agree with you on that. But here's a curveball for you. Okay. The average American woman is now obese. Simping knows no bounds. I agree with that. I agree with that. But what is the state of her life even with the simping? Regardless, that's the word I was looking for. So what is the state of her life regardless? What, that she's fat? Yeah, I mean, she's still, whatever way you want to put it, in some weird form or another, She's kind of getting what she deserves, if you know what I mean. Like, even if, and this is, hold on. Like, I'm not agreeing with the whole, oh, yeah, revenge porn thing. No, I'm, I know you're not. I know you're not. I'm more looking at, at the perspective of even if she gets all her stuff, she gets the hubby, she gets the pool boy, whatever. She's still going to be miserable anyway because she but never got. she, though? I think they are. I really think they are. See, Why and I the think that that's 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 kind of like the argument in a way of, oh, Rob, you know, you you don't know what it's like to have siblings. It must have been lonely as fuck for you growing up as no. a single child. If they don't know that they're miserable, are they miserable? Can I can oh, I man. jump in here and meet? Yeah, of course. Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead. Well, I think you're both right because. The, you know, Rob and I are the same age. I know a lot of people who are 
who are married and remarried or have been married a long time. And, you know, Jack's right. Most American women are fat, but most American men are fat too. Yep. And, and the, the American, you know, your, your typical American man, when he gets divorced, tends to, you know, it's almost like water seeking its own level. He wants to get married again as quickly as possible because the single life, if you're an overweight man in America in your 50s, is unless unless you've got your act together and you're working on it, is, is pretty bad. So I think there I think a lot of dudes are happy just to get another, you know, wife up some chubby 50 year old and have her cook for him and, and all that. And then that's kind of the baseline he's looking for. And he's happy with that. And meanwhile, the woman, you know, she's not going to get laid anywhere else anyway. And they're both going to ride their, you know, their train of misery into the sunset together. Um, and I think that's what most people do, you know, and it's, and especially if you're in that demographic of being overweight and not having a social life and, you know, thinking you're a stoic, it's, uh, it ends up being a pretty bleak existence from there on out. They just sit together on the couch eating nachos, telling each other that they're doing all right. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. That was kind of the point I was trying to make because a lot of guys think, or no, you know what? I thought Rob meant that even if the guys want their revenge porn, she's going to end happy and beautiful with a big mansion and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. Even if she gets the beta, it's the IT guy beta. It's like the wimpy guy who ruined Dungeons and Dragons for all of us. <laughs> it's the wimpy guy who, thanks to you, I can't admit I play Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, it's that guy she's going to end up with. She's going to be thinking about guys like me, Nick, and Rob. Absolutely. They all do. But that's not the guy she's going to end up with. Yeah, it's like it's the same It's the same mentality as, as what Rob was saying earlier about the, what I, I call them the gumroad stoics. <laughs> the, Stealing that. The, feel free. It's, it's open source. It's a creative commons license. But the, but the you know, I, I see these guys coming up on Twitter and saying, oh, I'm a stoic now. And, <laughs> and I, I just- What are you born? I'm a stoic. <laughs> I think that's probably because I've, I've read a good bit about stoicism and there's a lot more to stoicism than just, you know, self-discipline and control of your emotions. There's a lot of stuff in classical stoicism about free will and whether you actually have it or not. And in classical stoicism, there is no such thing as free will. And there's all this stuff that goes along with stoicism that all gets forgotten or ignored by all the gumroad stoics. And they just want, you know, they just want a label for themselves that sounds cool so they can market their shit on gumroad. And, and there's nothing wrong with practicing stoicism, with studying it, with reading about it. But, you know, it takes more than a couple of weeks of reading the meditations of Marcus Aurelius to, you know, to actually proclaim yourself a stoic. There's a lot more that goes into it. And, and they just, they just don't, they just don't get there before they use the word to, to brand themselves. Sure and, they and do. They took a course from one of their fellow gumroad stoics for 4997 <laughs> that took right. two weeks of watching videos and that made them a, a fucking black belt in stoicism. And the women do the exact same thing as far as, uh, you know, they don't like, they don't like philosophical terms, but 
you know, their their term is, oh, you know, I'm 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 married and I'm legitimate. And there's a guy that there's a guy that wrote a check against me. So that makes me, you know, that makes me happy because the rest of the world views me at least as somebody that, you know, another man would would commit to and and provide for. And it, but it's the same mentality. It's just tell yourself the story you want to hear so that you know, <laughs> But the misery that you experience can be, you know, can be kind of pushed down and you don't have to think about it. Uh, it's just, it's like I just said, the problem with the internet is that everybody gets a voice because I don't even think most stoic writers called themselves a stoic. I mean, I haven't seen Seneca calling himself a stoic just yet. It's more <laughs> about, hey, you've got all these earthly possessions and as long as you keep chasing them, you will never be happy because you're missing the point, you dumb fuck. That's what I'm getting out of those letters he wrote. It's like, hey, dipshit, pay attention. Well, you know, I, I wrote a little story that I posted on Twitter uh, yesterday or this morning about a guy who was sitting at a donut shop and Zeno, the dude who founded Stoicism, is his waiter. And and he's, you know, they're talking about Stoicism and, and the, the dude sitting at the counter says, uh, you know, all these guys on the Internet are calling them Stoics now. And Zeno says, well, you know, that's no big deal because that dude at the end of the bar says he's a kangaroo. Uh, people, you know, people will say anything. And I mean, it's, that's, that's kind of it. It's like, like everybody, everybody chooses the, the label they want, to, they want to use to project whatever they're trying to brand themselves as. And it's not, it doesn't have to have any correspondence to reality. It's just, it's all a branding play. And that's why, that's why Twitter can be kind of silly because it's, you know, because of its emphasis on brevity, right? You have to you have to get out what you want to get out in just a few characters. So there's the tendency to oversimplify everything and make everything just, you know, here's my personal brand and that's it. So it ends up being just a just a bunch of silliness. Well, hate- but you know, all you have to do is say you're a stoic and there you are, you're a stoic. I that's hate right. That's, that's exactly it. You don't have to know what stoicism is. <laughs> no. Oh you know? God, no. Uh, <laughs> that's like half the guys that I've seen that have you know somewhere in their handle or in their bio they say that you know hashtag red pilled or red pill aware. They're they're dude they're red pilled because their bio says it is. Oh my God, man. And, <laughs> oh yeah, they're red pill, and then they go off chasing an e girl. Yeah, ah. right. There's a couple <laughs> of hat god. Like the, the sun the, hat god. Yeah, I mean, the cool, uh, strong, alpha, stoic anons. Like, I know two of them who went after an e-girl, so fuck off. <laughs> Man, that is my biggest message to the sphere sometimes. Like, fuck off. Do do your own thing. Stop trying to push yourself into other man's businesses. It's like, oh, I'm more alpha than you. Okay, have fun. Yeah, and I mean, if you're more, alpha, more than you want. Go, go be more alpha then. See you later. I got if shit. But a- it's for some odd reason they don't get that. It's like if you're a stoic. If you call yourself a stoic, I think that's great. But let's talk 10 years from now and see if you're still a stoic 10 years from now. And what has your life of stoicism taught you? That's what I want to know. So the 30 year old dude who says, yeah, I'm a stoic. Uh, this really appeals to me. OK, great. Practice it. But then when you're 40 or 45, let's get back together and talk about what your 15 years of stoicism have taught you. And I, I guarantee you that they're going to have a completely different word for themselves in 10 years than they do right now. And I, uh, I, I, I think it's funny about it. 
<laughs> I found myself. Like, there's this podcast I listen to, the uh, Mark Bell Powercast, like Mark Bell of uh, Super Training, uh, old school powerlifter, things like that. He has his own podcast, and he got into stoicism as well. And he interviewed Ryan Holiday, the man who wrote uh, The Obstacle is the Way, Stillness is the Key, and Ego is the Enemy. And of course, and this is why I don't like super training as much as before, like women infected it. Like the, the trendy girls came along like, I'm into powerlifting now too. It's so cool. I'm a carnivore. Like, Never mind. <laughs> but of course, they went with the stoicism as well. Like, oh, we got a question here from Stacy, who's 45. And she's like, well, I've been worrying so much about my life. But now that I've found stoicism, stoicism, I'm okay with being single. I'm like, of course you are, honey. Of course you are. It couldn't be any other way, could it? <laughs> oh, just, just, you need to grab everything, don't you? And just suck the dick dry out of everything. Like, oh, carnivore diet. Like, oh, powerlifting. Like, give me attention. Well, that's, that's, I, I like the, my favorite are the people that say, that say they're carnivores, except, you know, they, they still eat fruit and, and sandwiches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's like, you know, no, that's not what that is. And, uh, and keep using that word. I do not think you know what it means. That's right. But but everybody needs to have their word to brand themselves so that when they walk into a party, you know, uh, hey, the the stoic is here. Uh, <laughs> this is why I started doing the. This is why I stopped doing the minimalism videos. I was like, ah, if I keep going like this, minimalism is going to be like vegan, and I don't want that. <laughs> like, I identify as a minimalist. No, 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 no. We're not going that route. I'm just I'm, waiting for AJ Cortez. I'm a minimalist, but I have a 10,000 square foot house full of shit. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm just waiting for AJ Cortez to jump on that bandwagon. Just go like, <sighs> the new way of the sun is minimalism. Look at my hair. It's I, a minimalist. Minimal product. Yeah. yeah. Let's go through the super chats real quick. Yeah, and then I want to know how Punch Riot came to be. Altham Edueda, Edueka with the $2 super chat. It's the Dancing Fox. Thank you very much, Altham. Let's see. There was another one. DJ Aftershock for two bucks. You're going to start a riot over the sports ball team? Yes. We're going to start a riot. And I don't know who wrote that song, but it's pretty cool. Who uh, wrote that, that would song? be Billy Joel. Really? Ah, we didn't shit. start the fire. Yep. Uh, ah, I don't like Billy Joel that much. Tempest uh, 5555. She won't ultimately be happy because she'll feel she settled and isn't with the chat she deserves. Ha, told you. A new banger out in her youth. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the old Katy Perry song, right? Like the one who got away. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Dudes are no different in that sense. If you know, because we're kind of getting back to the comeuppance a little bit on that one. And I'm not saying Tempest isn't wrong because he's not. But you know what? Guys are the same way in that sense. When you think about it, there's always that chick that either he had and she left. You know, it's the ex-wife, ex-girlfriend, his first true love, whatever that he compares all women to that he's never going to have again, or in a lot of cases, it is that e-girl or whatever, you know, because she's younger, hotter, tighter, but he's flabby, fat, and sad, but oh. he's too lazy to get off his ass and do the work to, to make himself better for it so that he could attract that girl. Mm -hmm. 
It, it's no different. Everybody's still running around discomfort. You know, they're they're uncomfortable in that sense that yeah, I could always, you know, do better. She settled. So did he. You know, I, that's that's your marriages that are unhappy. Both parties are probably on some level are going, I could have done better than this. I mean, you know. Clary even asked me, speaking about Clary, by the way, you know, want to know what Uncle, Uncle Aaron got me? He got you something from Spirit Airlines. <laughs> he did. Look at that. Nice. nice. He, he got me a budget Lego Spirit Airlines. That is plane. awesome. So I'm waiting to see what I'm going to get in the mail. Because I, 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 so awesome. I saw someone else's that they got something from him that was also Spirit Airlines. So I obviously so cool. I think Aaron bought stock in Spirit. You know, <laughs> this, this is why he's getting the, the, the swag. <laughs> I thought it was so cool. But he asked me, like, how many, guy, uh, how many girls did you date and how many of them were marriage material? And there was only one out of all I dated. I'm now to remembering up to 57 that I dated. <laughs> and only one was marriage material. And that was only the only reason I called her marriage material was because I didn't take her parents into the equation. Like if she was an orphan, she would have been marriage material. <laughs> Other than that, hell no. So out of all of them, none. Well, you know, you bring up a good point there, Jack, that I want to talk about for a second, because I've seen a few that that story, that argument, that question go around it, and, and it makes it cyclical. It comes up about once a, a year or so that somebody this time that, that I first saw it, it came from an actually a pickup artist guy, a PUA guy. He was asking the question, the same question, like, are there women that are marriage worthy out there? And if so, can you as a, you know, red pilled guy, basically, can you can you suss them out? Can you detect them or whatever is what he was basically asking? <clears throat> and my question, because I didn't, you know, initially I didn't answer him straight up, I guess, you know, because he got kind of frustrated because I basically said, why would you want to get married? That was my question that I asked him. When he asked his question, I followed up with a question, which basically came down to, why do you want to get married? And then, you know, that's when he was frustrated. He's like, you know, you guys won't give me a straight answer. And I was like, okay, straight answer. Do I think there are quote unquote marriage worthy, marriage material women out there? Yes, I do. I think there are. Okay. But I still go back to why do you want to get married? And that's because of not because of women, not because <laughs> women are broken, you know, because that was his kind of take was that do you think women are broken? I don't necessarily think they are broken. It's like that implies that that they cannot be fixed and that they need to be fixed. And it's like it's not women necessarily that are the problem. It's the institution of marriage that is broken with the laws and everything that are set up where, <clears throat> you know, you have no fault divorce. Men have no authority in the marriage. They have all the responsibility and none the authority. We know all of this. Okay. Why would you want to get married? Especially in a day and age, you know, people go, well, nuclear family, children. Okay. Fair enough. That's a fair argument. And I don't have a, a solid comeback to it other than, you can still have a family outside of marriage. 
today, you know, the, the stigma of being a bastard isn't there anymore. Just like the stigma of being a single mom isn't there anymore. And so, and the stigma of being divorced and remarried multiple times isn't there anymore. So if there's no stigma attached to any of these things, there's no consequences per se. Why, why are guys still wanting to pursue being married? That's the part I don't understand. That goes back to you and me when we first talked about the manipulated man, mm -hmm. when you very first had me on. It all kind of boils back to that book that was written back in the 1970s that Esther Perel was talking about it back then. And yet when I read it, I had to keep reminding myself this book is pretty much as old as I am. And yet it reads like it was written a year ago. And it's like, why would you want, why in today's world why, where guys are lamenting the fact that there are no marriage worthy women, why do you want to get married? Because, you know, older man to younger man, I'd say don't bother. And even when I got married, the, the one time I did, hell, I was 36. Okay, I, I was in no hurry to get married. And now that I'm divorced, would I do it again? No, not with today's current state of affairs. And it's not because whammon are broken. It's just there's no incentive to be married. If I want to have kids, I can have kids, whether I'm in wedlock or not. There's, there's no, there's nothing you know, there's there's no reason to do it as far as I'm concerned. There, All it is is it's all liability. There's no benefit as far as I can see other than maybe a, a, a tiny bit of you might have a little more parental authority in the event that you get divorced. Mm -hmm. And if you have kids, you might have a little more ground to stand on there, but it's a huge risk. And I'm not saying be risk adverse, but let's be honest. Why get married? Why bother? I you agree know? with you on that. But for the sake of the thought experiment, I thought it was an interesting question. Well, the, the, you know, the thing about marriage is if you are going to marry a woman who has a decent job and can support herself and you're not going to have kids, there's absolutely no reason to do that because the entire reason for marriage in the past was, you know, transfer of wealth and preserve preservation of lineage. And that's, that's really not necessary anymore. And unless, you know, what I told my sons, only one of whom has listened to me so far, the other one went ahead and got married anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, what I told them was wait till you're in your mid thirties, if you're going to do it, you know, make sure you've make sure you've run through a lot of women in the meantime and and know what you want and don't marry a woman who doesn't want to be a wife. And I mean, a real wife. So if yeah. she wants to be a wife and a mother and a career and this and that and everything else and, and be an entrepreneur and a stoic and whatever, and a carnivore and whatever else she wants to call it, <laughs> get that, you know, that's that's not somebody who wants to be a wife. Uh, that's that's a completely different animal altogether. And so that's, I agree with Rob when he says, yeah, there probably are some marriageable women out there, but there aren't that many. And, sure. and, and it, it really comes down to the man understanding what he wants and 
what his reasons for getting married are. And, and I'm with Rob on that too. If, if, if you're not going to have an old school traditional wife and an old school traditional marriage to build a family and, and that's the road you want to go down, there's absolutely no reason to get married anymore. Well, and, uh, <clears throat> hold on, hold on, Rob. Quick okay. shout out to Nonstop Dre360, who now became an official member of the crew. And yes, that is what I'm going to call these guys who become a member because of the ships. Nice. So, quick shout out to him. Go well, ahead. And and to, to, to go on with what Nick just said, you know, if she may want to be a traditional wife and and have the whole traditional marriage, but it also goes back to... And I know Nick and I have discussed it at length before, too, and I know he's aware of it, which is the only patriarchy there is, is the state. Okay. You in our in the West, at least, you're not going to have that traditional marriage unless it's literally well, it's convenient. He he believes it because of religious reason, reasons. She believes it because of religious reasons. If you want to throw religion into the mix, okay, fine. At the end of the day, though, the state is the one who ultimately has the say if things don't work out. And so your traditional contemporary marriage is only as powerful as you guys want to make it be until somebody's not happy. Whether it's her or it's him, I'm not going to pick, you know, I'm not going to be partisan here. It ultimately still comes down to, because I've seen traditional religious people end up in divorce and the state steps in. That's just, that's the role. That's mm -hmm. the way we've set up the institution of marriage. If marriage was something that you could hold outside of the state, and I don't mean just the ceremony and the vows, because you can do that. You don't need a marriage license to get married. You can choose to observe that, hey, we are man and wife, and we don't have a marriage license on file, that the state has no idea. The state doesn't see you that way. But at the same time, if you have children together and you decide to split up, guess what? The state gets involved regardless, whether mm -hmm. you're married or not that when the kids come into play, the state gets involved. That is why the state is the true patriarchy. The, the true one God is the state. And that's anywhere in the West, as far as I can tell, whether it's here in the United States or it's across the pond over into your neck of the woods, Jack. Mm -hmm. And so to me, you can, you know, it's all kind of grandstanding and posturing in a lot of ways. It's a lot of lip service because you as the man and you know as long as you guys observe it yeah you could be the man and be the not only the responsible one but have the authority in your marriage and and that works and for some people they make it work and they do it for their entire lives and you know what good for them I, i'm not gonna shit on them or discount them but the reality is if somebody's not happy and it comes down to it the state gets involved and so even the most traditional patriarchal marriages or, you know, whatever can still end up in the hands of the state. Mm -hmm. And that's usually where a lot of guys, you know, that think they're red pilled get red pilled. The woman always has her finger on the button, right? You can call yourself a patriarch all you want and she can submit to you 
for 40 years. Yep. But at 40 years in a day, if she wants to push that button, you know, the, the illustration I always use and, you know, I'll issue my standard disclaimer. I'm not advocating violence against anybody here. Right. But if you're a man and you can't drag your woman through the town square by her hair and not suffer any economic or social <laughs> consequence, you don't live in a patriarchy. There is only you one, are not a patriarch. There's just one factor I'm missing. At least that is my biggest factor when it comes to even if I get into a relationship with her. Guess what it is? I mean, Rob has to know it by now. Oh, I want to see if the, the million dollar chat knows. <laughs> oh, come on, chat. What is my biggest, my biggest factor when it comes to do I even get into a relationship with this girl? I wonder if the people have been paying attention. If you know me, you know. Well, I think I know what it is, but then again, I've also put my foot in my mouth before, so I, I could be off. Her entire family. Hey, Tempest555, new member, part of the crew, man. Welcome. So does it cost money to join the crew, or is this just you can... Yeah, it's just five crew. bucks a month. It's like oh, nice. Patreon, but then on YouTube. Like YouTube. Oh, nice. Yeah, all of a sudden, YouTube sent me an email like, you can now have members. I was like, well, you know what? If people want to, fine. Bacon comments for $5.56, 50-minute philosophy. Oh, here we go. Here, Nick, put in your Stoic hat. You want to do this one? <laughs> go ahead, Mr. Stoic. <laughs> Can you see it? What, you want me to read that? Yeah. Good old Bacon, who's one of our chat holes, by the way, on Let Him Burn. 15-minute uh, <laughs> philosophy, in memoriam, rest in peace, bowl of chaos is now live on my program, speaking of relationships. <laughs> my longest recording for that format ever. Y'all check out Bacon. He's a good guy. Yeah, hey. Bacon's a good guy. Non-stop drain, no debt. Close, close, but not yet. No, you, you brought up the yeah. family, and I'm glad that I didn't put my foot in my mouth because I was going to say, don't be fat. Well, of course. I mean, that speaks for itself. I wouldn't even give her a time. I've had my bad days, you know. We've all had one or two slumbusters, but no, it's her family. A lot of guys do not understand this. You are not just dating her. You yeah, are you're dating, dating the family. Her family as well, whether you like it or not. But every time I had a girlfriend, it's like my mom thinks that, my sister thinks that. And I'm like, I'm not screwing them. I'm screwing you. So why should I care? So I just, well, listen to Ryan, sort of say, and the, the old red pill maxim, women are the gatekeepers to sex. Men are the gatekeepers to relationships. If you are going to get your family involved in this, there will be no relationship. Right. Like, well, it's, it's the whole chest brought it up either yesterday or the day before. There was some red pill meat out there. I didn't I didn't read it because one, it's over over in like the UK or over closer to your neck of the woods, Jack. Uh, it's not here yet. I don't know if it'll show up here. But it was something along the lines of like there was a court ruling somewhere. Maybe it was in Australia. I don't remember. But the headline said something along the lines of some court had ruled that like some gal had been basically she was a sugar baby and she'd had a guy that she wasn't even sleeping with, didn't live with, but she'd been involved with this guy for a, a period of time. 
and she sued when when he ended it or whatever she sued because she had become accustomed to a certain lifestyle and the court awarded in her favor okay so it was basically setting a new precedent which is what a lot of courts do when it comes to law that's what most law case law ends up being is precedent and so they had a new precedent which was you can now uh, have a relationship that is pretty much completely platonic, but if money is being exchanged for whatever period of time, whatever that period is, like I said, I didn't read the article because it was like, eh, I don't care. It's better bachelor material. Yeah, and it totally is. But it was the idea that, okay, apparently now sugar babies can go after their sugar daddies if the sugar daddy decides to end the relationship, you know, because he's found another sugar baby or whatever. And and it's this, well, you can still get money for X amount of time. It's like alimony, basically. Mm-hmm. And Chest brought it up, and I thought, well, and, and even Ryan has brought it up before, too, when Ryan talks about act accordingly. And that is, guys, just use your agency. And that is basically pump and dump. I mean, those were his exact words. And it's like, oh, that that's, you know, what can guys do if, if the courts are going to side with the women yet again? Well, then you don't commit to them at all. It, it, it literally becomes pump and dump. You see them a handful of times and then you move right on to the next one. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes back to my original question. Why get married? You know, no, for no guys, that, for the guys that you know want to, I I understand. I do. I when especially when I was younger, uh, so back in my twenties, back in even my early thirties, eighteen hundred forty. Yeah, something like seventeen forty-two. <laughs> okay, that for me, it it was never quite the burning desire that I see on Twitter. And I understand that Twitter is an extreme outlier situation anyway, because of brevity, because of 280 characters. And so we are seeing the extreme of the extreme in everything, good, bad, and ugly. We're seeing the extreme on Twitter, but even back then, you know, I, I thought there would come a day that, yeah, I want to get married because that's what you do. And, and Conk had brought it up earlier that, you know, it's part of our cultural thing, and, and it's true. But now that I've seen it, now that I've done it, and, and I came out smelling like a rose, you know, I, I filed for a divorce. I'm the one that, you know, when it came down to it, I dodged a lot of bullets, a lot of problems. My, my divorce was painless compared to a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. And so... But I'm still of the mindset, you know, why get married? You know, I, I, I know what, what is out there in that sense. And it's not that women are broken. I don't, I really don't think they are. It's just, but why do it when this is how it is? This is how the state of the institution of marriage is today. Why do it? Why even do it? And, and that's the part that I still can't really wrap my head around when I see these younger guys, you know, that at least they appear to me that they, they're, they're dying to get wifed up. You know, they, they, they want to wife her up. And it's like, why? It's a measurement for success. I remember when I believed in it. I remember when I was, how old was I? 21. 
and some associates of mine started living together. And I felt guilty even towards my dad for not having that yet. Like, I'm sorry, dad, I haven't grown up fully and blah, blah, blah. And right, like nine years later, I'm like, oh, look at these saps. Like, I'm so glad I didn't grow up. I am so glad that I took my time and realized that that is just jumping the wagon, sort of say. Like, you grow up and you're being told, like, what is the measurement of success? Well, the measurement of success is having a house, three dogs, five kids, a wife, and that's it. But they don't tell you what it costs. And as soon as you start to learn some basic economics and you learn what it costs and you learn what not the benefits but the cons are, you think to yourself, do I really want this? And a lot of guys don't know this. A lot of guys don't know. Like, Especially at that age. Yeah. yeah. That you're, age. You're, you're absolutely right, Bolt. Yes, absolutely. The, 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 the younger dudes in their 20s that I know who've gotten married, um, none, of them, none of them were mentally ready to get married. And they, you know, one of the things that I tried to stress with my sons, again, so far only one seems to be following that, but he could, you know, he could call me up tomorrow and say he eloped to Vegas or something, but uh, hope not. But the thing that I stress with, with dudes in their 20s is you need to, you need to fully establish yourself as an independent man and an independent thinker before you do anything like that. And once you become that independent, the desire to get married starts to dissolve and go away. That's and so it, weird, but it's true. If you, really, if you really want to do it, if you really want to be, you know, the guy with the family, you want to have a lot of kids, that's what you've, you've come to the decision that you really want to do with your life, then fine, go ahead and do it. And you'll probably do okay. You know, chances are good. But until you've come to that point that you really know what it means to be independent and on your own, you shouldn't even live with somebody. And, you know, I saw I saw a post on Twitter just real quick of this guy. I don't know who he is. He just showed up in my timeline, you know, like stuff does. And, and he was talking about moving in with his girlfriend. And it was just that's just what people do. And it's it was just time to do that. And I want to see what it's all about. And I was just reading this whole thing and shaking my head and going, dude, you might. But that's. You might as well just sit on a grenade. <laughs> yeah, you hit it right on the hat, but that's the main argument these days. That's what people do. I'm like, what? Why should I do anything just because that is the reason? Because people do it. I tried that right. I tried that. I have had multiple LTRs, and all of them ended up the same damn way. And I'm not giving the whammon shit for this, but it was me. Yep. And I'm not kidding. Like, I didn't even break up with him because I didn't have the balls back then. But you know what happened the majority of the time? I got bored. That was the true reason of all of it. I got bored. I didn't want to be committed. And I didn't want to settle down, have a boring freaking life, and living my life the way others wanted it. That is what happened all of that damn time. Happened with my first, second, whatever LTR that I had happened every time after about one and a half years because that's when it came up like jack i'm gonna live together and i was like yeah so you want to be in one house where you live closer to your family 
I think I have the Peter Pan complex, and therapy isn't gonna help. Um, oh wait, there's a guy who's more alpha than I am. Go, uh, maybe you like him, and of course she cheats, and well, I'm free. You of know what? Sucked, you need but... to you need to you need to go back and do kind of like what Ryan does with Rule Zero. He'll go and chop up little segments, like two minute segments of the videos, kind of the highlight. That little rant you just did, you need to go back and throw that up on your channel as kind of one of the hits from the show because there's the meat and potatoes right there. Yeah. Okay. It's the, you know, the it's what everyone does and you got bored. Okay. Because that that sums up my marriage. That sums up pretty much every LTR I've been in. And, and, and it's, well, everyone does it. it. It's like, you're talking to me and it's like, wow, I've, where have I heard this conversation? It's like in my own fucking head. I mean, the and girls like, were great. Yeah, they were. Honest. Yeah, I mean, it was me. All I got them, bored no. too. And there is one who still is a grade A bitch to this day. <laughs> but like, there was one. And that was the only one who I thought was marriage material. Seriously. I came home and she was making brownies. Like, out of nowhere, barefoot, pregnant in the kitchen, making brownies, sort of say. Like, the Tradcon dream. There she was. Didn't even have to ask. My, she cleaned everything. Never asked. She just did it. Like, here I am, one and a half years later, and I'm like, she wants to live together. She wants to be closer to her family. And she wants me to take all this responsibility. While I'm here, like, I don't want that. Because you want a five-bedroom house. And I'm like... I'm okay with a studio. This is not going to work. And she ended up going back to her boyfriend who cheated on her, not with one, two, but three different women. And she now is his kid and she had a shotgun wedding. But I digress. Even with all that, she was very supportive, you name it. I was just like, I'm, how old was I? 26? I'm too young. And the trad cons will come for me, especially what's his name? Hunter Drew, Hobbit, who, uh, whatever his name is now. No, it was 21. Got it. Uh, Marine, Navy. I respect that. Thank you for your service. But your wife even cheated on you when you were on service. You now have two kids and you stayed with her because of them. If you just took that damn time. And I'm not shitting on him. I do respect him for what he did. He's raising good kids. So no disrespect. But if you just took the time, you could have said, you know what? I'm not doing this. You're disrespectful. I can do better. But, well, he took the noble route and stayed with her for the kids. And I commend him for that. But most guys get into it way too young, in my honest opinion. Mm -hmm. Like, women can do it. Yes, women are most fertile at 23, whatever. There is discussion about that going. I know this. I know this. I'm not going to get into it. So we're going to take 23. Just for the sake of, okay, yes, I know the biological facts. <laughs> but 22, uh, 20 to 23, yes, women should do it. But men, by God, man, our 20s are not for marriage and settling down. Our 20s are for exploring and finding out what you want and getting into your 30s. Like, what is your empire going to look like at 40? Because you're going to need to spend the 
you, sorry, you're going to need to spend your 30s on it, but you kind of find out in your 20s what those 30s are going to be about. Did I just become a guru? <laughs> you, you became something, I'll tell you what. You became something. Maybe you became a stoic. I became a leader of man. <laughs> you know, not nonstop Dre's comment about or his question, rhetorical question, isn't marriage just a business deal? Yeah, I mean, yeah. really, it is. And we've we've clouded it now with we've thrown this, you know, this house coat. What I what the the metaphor I always use is, you know, you can't throw a house coat over hypergamy, and but that's what we've done is we've thrown a house coat over it, and we want to make it appear like it's a it's a love and it's an emotional thing. And, and that certainly gets mixed up in it. But the whole purpose of marriage was always um, for societal stability, for advancement, for acquisition of property and for survival, survival and transmission of, of, um, of an inheritance, you know, through the male, the, the male descendants. And, you know, Nobody, nobody expected nobody expected anybody to be faithful a thousand years ago. Everybody was still cheating on everybody. It was just that was part of the uh, the structure of society. And it also, you know, if you if you read Red Queen and those kinds of books where they talk about you know monogamy helps ensure that um, every right. every man gets a little so that everybody's you know so you don't have one warlord who's got. 50 women and everybody else, you know, has a goat. Uh, that's the, you know, that's the, that's the benefit evolutionarily speaking. You should read this one. Even if monogamy is in place, you can forget paternity, man. Oh yeah. You want, like you want a red pill of red pills, go read promiscuity by Tim Burkhead, man. That will just turn you into a nihilist if you're not ready for it. <laughs> Even birds do cuckolding. It's insane. Well, I'm I'm too old and jaded to be a nihilist at this point. No, you're a stable stoic. Stable stoic. <laughs> isn't that the isn't that the definition of a nihilist? I'm old and jaded. <laughs> Tempest, a business deal that you lose. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But nonstop Dre brings up a nice point, which I want to add to. Um, I very rarely hear people talk about men exploring the world and discovering themselves first. Well, yeah, because that's the female imperative right now. Like, I need to explore myself, which means 30 dicks in a row. But okay. But Seriously, also, as a, I mean, as a guy, go travel by yourself. And you don't, I mean, go to, uh, like, for you Yanks, if you're an American, go to Toronto by yourself. Go to... Um, whatever Brazil's capital is by yourself. But you don't have to travel too far, but go alone for a week or two. Like Watson did six months, went uh, backpacking in New Zealand. Well, I mean, if you're up for it, do it. But I, in my humble opinion, as a guy, go out alone. Try to do as many things as you like alone. Because a lot of guys tend to hold themselves back because nobody wants to join them. Well, I don't want to go to the gym because none of my friends will. Well, then your friends will stay losers, I guess. And you're not. But, but, no, you go because you'll make friends there. You'll learn to socialize. How do I get the girls? You learn to socialize with guys first. I know, sounds gay, but you don't have to sleep with them. Well, you know, the only, the only friend I have that I think is truly happily married 
did exactly what we've been talking about. He, he, he did his thing. He, you know, bought cool cars. He traveled the world. He screwed a lot of women, you know, until his late thirties. And then he married somebody 10 years younger than him. Nice. And now they have two kids and, you know, they've got, as much as I can tell, they've got a pretty, you know, a pretty decent life. And he's, you know, he seems pretty happy with it and they all do too. But that's the only person I know, I think, who, uh, who's my age and who's really happily married in the sense that when you're around him, he seems like a happy guy. Um, he's not just a guy who's miserable and saying that he's happy and, you know, all that other crap that, that men do on the, you know, on the, on the roller coaster where they, screw their minds you know yeah going off absolutely. of what you guys are saying and and it kind of it goes back to what dre said earlier about they say men must sacrifice themselves for the society and women's pleasures you rarely hear about you know go guys go out and do your own thing well of course because that's society society this goes back to the manipulated man society wants you to be the plow horse that's what keeps society going. It's guys that are creating civilization, creating society, being the majority of the tax base for society. They don't want you to wander off the reservation and go do your own thing, even though that would probably be more beneficial in the long term for you, for society, for your family, if you choose to have one, just like Nick was talking about with this friend of his that's in his late 30s, decides finally after buying a bunch of cars and whatever and going around the world and banging a bunch of women that, yeah, that's a guy who decided I'm going to go it alone, figure it out, figure out what I want, go and see what the world has to offer. And then, okay, yeah, you know, I do want to do the family thing. I do want to have the house and the picket fence, whatever. And so... He went and did it, but that was after his own version of Eat, Pray, Love. He went out and found himself, or actually what he really did is he created himself. Hmm. Okay, And not enough guys are doing that because they are buying what Dre said earlier, that this is, you know, this is just what you do. You go, you know, you go to school for, you know, 18, well, not 18 years, but, you know, like 16 years, give or take. And then after that, you either go and join the workforce or you go to college. And then after that, then, you know, what do I do now, dad? I don't know. Get married, fight you know? Club. And so that's what you do. Yeah, it's fight club. Okay. And so you do, you know, well, that's what everyone does. Well, that's the plow horse mentality. And right. yes, that's what society, as we call it, you know, about saving the West that's what the West wants you to do, man. They want you to stay in the yoke and you'll have the rest of your life to work. You'll have the rest of your life to be married. You'll have the rest of your life to raise children, whatever it is, go figure it out. Yeah. You're going to have to go it alone. Like Jack said, like Nick said, go figure out, you know, go out and explore the world Rather, the world means that you're literally, you know, moving from one country to another. Or as, as Jack said, you know, if you're in the U.S., go up to Toronto or whatever. You don't necessarily even have to go that extreme. Uh, if you live in a state like I do, where Utah is a fairly large state, the north part where Salt Lake is, is completely different from southern Utah. 
you can live. You, you don't have to necessarily travel a thousand miles. I'm not saying don't travel a thousand miles if you can do it, but you can still explore your world, even on a budget, even if it means you're only going a few hundred miles, you can explore it and figure out what you want to do. But that means you got to go alone first. And that's, that ties in something that Nick had said a while back when we were talking about back slaps and high fives in the uh, accountability clubs, the cuddle clubs. And it's, and it's true, you know, that it's in order to be held accountable, you have to hold yourself accountable. Guys on the internet can't hold you accountable. I can't hold you accountable. You're going to do whatever the fuck you want to do. And I can high five you for nine ninety five a month or nineteen ninety five a month, Become whatever, a you know? Yeah. You know, I can, I can do all of that, but and at the end of the day, it's just back slaps and high fives. You still got to decide what you want to do. And nobody can ultimately make that decision except you, because if you do what everybody else says, because that's just what you do, you end up in a marriage like I did, where after five years of being married and two years of living with her, you realize you'd rather eat a bullet. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where it was like, I got to get out. And I don't care if I'm alone the rest of my life. The truth is, I, I've not. It's like, oh, women, yeah, they come and go like the tide, but uh, there's always another one. And so life has gotten better for me after I stopped listening to what everybody else said you, what I ought to do. It's like, ah, I'm going to do what I want to do. Dating younger women works better for me. And now I'm realizing I don't want to play house. Never mind marriage. I don't want to play house. It's like, now you, you keep your place. I'll keep mine and we'll have slumber parties. And that works for me. So bring something interesting. Oh, absolutely. But, but that is still the, the, the workhorse mentality. And I mean, yeah. if that's what you want to be fine, but realize that's exactly what you're getting yourself into. You're but just going to be a workhorse. And most people get... no, go ahead. Oh, well, it comes down to that ancient old question, like, who are you? Well, I am the father of my house. No, 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 no. Who are you? I am the husband. No. Who are you? Like, what do you like to do instead of how does everybody else see you? They, they can't answer that question, but go ahead, Nick. Well, no, you're, you're exactly right. And the, the, the way this plays out is, you know, there's stage one, which is when you're a young man, you know, let's face it, in, in America, which is the only real frame of reference I have, you know, you're raised to be a good boy and get your cookie. Yep. So, you know, be a good boy, get your dog biscuit, you know, wife up that hoe, you know, take care of her kids, whatever. However, that plays out when you're a young man, that's what, that's the path that historically normies have followed. And then when they get to be in their forties and they're, and, and the man is divorced, you know, because I, I was divorced after 20 years, so I, I know what the pressure is like and I know what the experience is like. If you've been married for any length of time and you've had kids and you've gone to work every day, come home, barbecued on the weekends, done all the trad con stuff. Uh, once that goes away, you it's like withdrawal. You feel you feel wrong and uncomfortable and you want to get back to that feeling of normalcy again. You want to get your cookie again. And so most of the dudes I know who are older and get divorced, they jump back into marriage pretty quickly because 
that's just what feels normal to them. And the other way involves, you know, if you're going to if you're going to walk that other path where you're you're an older guy, you're dating younger women and you're doing your own thing, kind of like we talked about. Um, everybody's most everybody's going to hate you. Your guy friends are going to be secretly envious. Their wives are going to be mad that you're dating younger women. Um, and they're not going to let their husbands come hang out with you all that much. And their husbands are going to obey. And it's just, it ends up being a very different kind of, of lifestyle, but, um, it's still better than just jumping back into a marriage to get your dog biscuit. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would, I, you know, having been married once for 20 years, uh, it would be, it would be a strange set of circumstances for me to ever want to go down that road again, especially nowadays when, you know, women, women can take care of themselves. They can support themselves. Uh, and so why would I want to write a check against that? Yeah. Oh, wow. That brings up a good point. That, oh, damn it. Okay. I am, I am a, an idiot when it comes to quoting Ryan because he always uses $5 words and I'm like, Oh, but I do get the gist of it. You just hit the nail on the head. Like the provider role is being taken care of. You want to be a stay at home dad? they want the office Do it, but be fun. Be like be the eighty percent alpha, twenty percent beta she needs every now and then. If you want to play house, sure, let her do all the finances. She won't care. She really won't because it's been taken care of. She doesn't need a provider. She needs a fun guy. She needs the emotional roller coaster. And you better provide that. You want to be a provider? Be the provider of fun. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And he used only one sentence for that so yeah no but you you (laughs) you you summed it up and and you know you it's funny you said you know five dollar words and it's like yeah yeah that that's that's pretty apt that you took a little longer to describe it but you definitely dumbed it down that it's like yeah well no and that's a good thing because even sometimes even ryan goes over my head sometimes that i'm like wait what you know, and I have to sit back and kind of parse it out for myself too. And so it may have taken you longer to say it, but you said it in a way that that is it. It's that's, that's where, when Ryan talks about, we're now a luxury item. Bingo. And that's, that's it. They don't, women don't need a provider anymore because they either can earn their own money or they've got big daddy government with government welfare programs and whatnot and alimony from the prior spouse that the finances are taken care of. She doesn't want another beta. She doesn't want another provider. She wants someone exciting. That is the the lover icon or, or archetype, whatever you want to call it. That's what I call it anyway. If beta is the provider and alpha is you know, the fucks guy, that's, that's your lover. So that's who you be. You're, you give her the emotional hits. That's where you're busting her balls and you're agreeing and amplifying even in a relationship. But that's the guy you be because she doesn't need your money. She really does not need your money. And so your wife, I hate those guys. You You gave your wife no money. When you meet a chick, you got to make it clear that you're the fun guy, not the long-term relationship guy. This is why I have Legos. (laughs) 
Well, here's a little a little fun thing that I just realized because using I guess Ryan as the kind of the example. If I had to guess, assuming that everything he has said, the the little bits that I can parse about his relationship with his woman that he's been with for 11 years now. Okay. Something like that. 10, 11 years. Okay. And I would even probably say the same for Rolo. Okay. Where he's been married for over 20 now. 25, I believe. Even. I, I don't remember it. It doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's at least two decades. But if I had to guess, they are fun guys. You know, that, while Rolo in particular might be also provisioning in a way with, with his different forms of income that he earns, I'm sure she's enjoying the, the benefits of that as well. At the same time, I get the sense that Rolo is a fun guy. And, and that's how I kind of look at it, that you, you said it just a moment ago, Jack, you know, you're not the long-term relationship guy, but yet... How often, and I've found myself that way, the last relationship I was in with 20 years younger than me, I figured, you know, what possibly could her and I have in common that could go the distance, you know, because I figured this is about sex for me. This is about daddy issues for her, whatever it might be. You, you paint the archetype, the stereotype. And so I figured when I first met her that ah, a few weeks, maybe a couple of months till the the, the newness wears off. The boredom sets in either on her end, my end, and it'll go south. And four years later, that's when it finally happened. But it was four years. And I was never the provider. Mm -mm. Because she made her own money. She had means. She had ways to support herself. It was, I was the fun guy. Provider of dick. Pretty much. <laughs> Until I, until I, you know, kind of lost my edge on that, you know, and then, then it was, yeah, yep, you got geez, too old. Move on. I, I got too old and I, I got too old and too cranky is what it was. You know, I got, I got angry. No, but that's, but that's what it kind of comes down to. You know, it's just because you choose the archetype of lover doesn't necessarily mean you can't have long-term status. Mm -hmm. uh, I've known people that this is maybe not the, the greatest example, but it, I've seen it happen where the guy or the woman has an affair and, and it's on the down low, you know, there it's not open marriage, poly, whatever. No, it's, it's the, the old, one of the, you know, the second oldest fucking activity in the book, which is adultery. Okay. And, the affair isn't a short-term affair. It started out that way that, oh, okay, he was looking for a little strange. She was looking for a little emotional connection, whatever. And next thing you know, they've had an affair for five years. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's because, well, she's got her provider at home. He's got, you know, the nag at home, whatever, you know, she's younger, his, you know, his, his affairs younger or whatever, and she doesn't bring her drama or her bullshit from home to, to the hotel or wherever it is that they're meeting up. And they end up having literally, I mean, it's an LTR in its own way. It's, it's kind of a fucked up LTR to a degree, but it is an LTR when, oh yeah, I've been, you know, banging some chick on the side for five years. 
And, and it's like, so you can have a long-term, and I would even say stable to a, a large degree. You can have a stable relationship, whether you're doing down, you know, on the down low type of thing, which I'm not recommending it. I'm really not, but you can have that, whether you do it in the affair sense or even in your own relationship, but you need to be to me that that lover icon because the provider side's taken care of so yeah I mean, Nick, look, at it, look at the patriarchy in historical terms typically if you were a patriarch you had more than one woman yeah whether you called them multiple wives or whether they were concubines or what they were slaves or whatever you called them back in the day you know you know abraham abraham had more than sarah right and and they are considerations. That's right. And that's exactly right. Historically, I mean, you know, let's face it. Faithfulness is not a very widespread phenomenon. In, in most marriages, I would, I would bet even higher than whatever the supposed research suggests. One or both of those married people has strayed once over the course of a long-term marriage and just never said anything about it yep and yep. never will never ne won't even put it on a survey if they get asked for a survey because <laughs> they don't want to have to admit it to themselves they're not they're just not going to do that so can i just call out the boomer in the other room who tried to ask women how many men they dated like aaron <laughs> aren't you experienced enough to know that you will <laughs> never ever get a straight answer on that question and even if you do you have to multiply it by three well what's funny is when i got divorced and i started dating again it, i i noticed you know three four or five women into it that they all started sounding exactly the same oh i never i've never i never do this i never oh, that doesn't change when i get older okay no okay good I never, I never act like this nobody's ever done this for me before i can't you know on the first date oh sure honey yeah seriously that's one thing i've that i've learned that experience will get you and it's not meant to sound jaded or cynical but it's just the truth that all women are like that that whatever it is, like like Nick was just saying, oh, I've never done this before. Ah, where have I heard that from the last four? You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, hey, you guys have a standard loop, to, you know, a standard tape loop that plays the same song, and 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 then it's not a bad thing. That's just, but you learn, and that's when you can you go, oh, okay, cool, you know, no biggie. It's it's all good in the hood type. Of Neither thing. have I. That's yeah, exactly. Oh, me either. This must be fate. This is karma. You just play it back. <laughs> promise me you won't tell me. Tell my parents. They hate. Uh, they'll hate me when they find out. They'll disown. <laughs> hey, by the way, Nick, I want to wrap up in four minutes, but we haven't talked about Punch Riot much. So, okay. you know what? Have the floor, man. Have the floor. Plug, plug everything you do. You even edited Ryan's book, didn't you? I did. I did an eleventh-hour edit. So he was. He was. He had gone to. Uh, he had posted the the manuscript on on Amazon, and uh, the the editor that he actually used, 
I don't think I actually spoke English as a first language. So, so the, the editing wasn't very good. So I did, uh, I did kind of a last minute uh, cleanup for him. And, uh, and yeah, so I do, I, I do edit. I, I've got some other editing clients now that I've, I've been working with, but I, um, I basically started punch right. The motivation was, was twofold. One, I, I, I ran across the, when I first started getting on Twitter and on YouTube, I, I ran across Rob and the, and Vince and TJ, the masculine geek show. And I really liked what they were doing because I, I had uh, come out of, uh, after, shortly after my marriage, I'd gotten into this kind of support group, not really looking for support myself, but you know, I, I had some friends who were in that and I wanted to kind of help them and and help other people and what i what i saw in that support group for divorced people was that you know it, once you get past all that stuff you don't want to really be around all of that anymore it gets kind of, it just gets really old and and when you even if it's even if it's a good thing for some people you you want you want something new to go to and so when i got into the whole red pill thing um which I think is great. And I think what Rolo and Ryan and all those guys do is, is really fantastic because there are guys that need that help. But once you're past all that, you don't really want to, you don't really want to wallow in it anymore. And you want something else to go to. And that's why I like masculine geek because they had, you know, they, they explored a lot of different stuff and it was just all about kind of a, you know, there's kind of a red pill base there, but you're not taught, you're not going over all of the same, you know, crap you're just living life and, and looking for stuff to enjoy and and so I, I i like that about what they do and then i got on twitter and i started running across all these people that wrote really good fiction and wrote really good nonfiction, and i really enjoyed reading their stuff and some of them would complain about not being able to get published anywhere and there are some guys on twitter barry nishizawa charlie winkle Ernst Groff, you know, a, a, a lot of guys on there whose writing I really enjoyed. And so I just thought, you know, hey, we need we need a place where dudes who have kind of a red pill background can go and 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 read interesting stuff that is not and, and, and mainly literature, you know, mainly fiction and stuff like that, but but nonfiction, too, and, and read stuff that, you know, is, is not politically correct and is more fun for guys who are just you know masculine guys who happen to like to read and and shit like that so i so i started punch riot to give people who were you know who were kind of kind of red pilled in one way or another but just traditionally masculine you know a, a place to to publish their stuff and a place for people who like to read that to be able to go and find it nice pretty neat yeah like is it physical or just digital um, it's punch right. So it's, it's a magazine. It's a digital magazine that comes out as a PDF twice a month. Nice. Um, but it's, and it's set up as a PDF so that if you want, if you have a printer and you want to print it out, you can print it out and in it's, and you can, uh, you can read it that way. And we're looking at, um, the, the response has been pretty good. It has been a little better than I thought. And so I, we're at, I am looking at, uh, actually publishing some some physical books there may be anthologies of a lot of the the fiction and and other things that have been published in punch riot um and maybe some special collections and stuff like that so so we may you may see some some actual physical books coming out in the near future that's pretty neat okay last question by nonstop Dre. 
What was the inspiration for the name Punch Riot and why not Punch Commies? Which I'm very curious about. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm stealing the Punch Commies thing because I hate commies. So I, I think, think I can use that somewhere and I'll give him credit. Punchcommies.com. <laughs> uh, and 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 before I before I answer that, I, I want to say that uh, that Rob's got a got a series that he's just started publishing in Punch Riot called Guy and I, which is really it's really it's pretty it's pretty good. It's pretty funny. It's about you know it's just about you know a dude who's always listening to gurus and and what the gurus are saying, and it's it's pretty damn funny. So uh, it's worth it's worth the five dollar a month subscription just for that. But uh, I don't remember exactly where Punch Riot came from. I, I just remember, I remember I had the I had the thought in my head, uh, you know, what do I want to call this thing? What is this really about? And I thought it was about, you know, it was kind of uh, there was a there was a writer. I think his name was Ishmael Reed, and or it may have been James Baldwin. It was a black writer, and he had a phrase: "Writing is fighting." And, and I've always remembered that that's always stuck with me. And so I was just thinking about, you know, writing is fighting. And so, you know, when you write something like that's non-politically correct, you're throwing a punch. And so I just thought about that and punch riot just sort of bubbled up from somewhere. I don't know. It's probably all my toxic masculinity. That's always bubbling. <laughs> so guys, you can find out more at punchriot.com. Rob, where can people find you? Rob says.net and also on punchriot.com. Nice. If you haven't already, remember to smash that like button, subscribe if you haven't, and share this with anyone who you think needs to hear this message. Become a member now and, well, support the channel if you want to do it in any other ways. There are links to that in the description down below. Rob, take us out appropriately. Meh. <laughs>